this is what happens a lot of times in ministry too, that we feel like we have to give, 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 which is, is great. We, we love to give, but if we're not receiving or being poured into and receiving encouragement and receiving what we need, not only from the Lord, but from others, then our, our reserve tanks can run empty. And then that's a really dangerous place to be in. And we don't want pastors and missionaries to ever run, run on empty. We want to be part of filling their tanks. So that's what we're headed for. Awesome. Yep. Yeah. So again, yeah. Um, again, a big thank you, Pastor, and and we just love you guys, and thank you so much for continuing to embrace us and affirming our calling and missions, and 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 knowing that's been such a part of of who we are. Um, it makes a transition feel easier when you come out of a wilderness experience, um, because you know. But this is this is not what our season here at Solid Rock has been. It's not been a wilderness experience. It's been amazing. So it makes a transition maybe all that much more harder to do. But we're also excited for what God has. So we're stepping into new provision. You're stepping into new provision. Don't forget that God has. It's not necessary. Don't 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 think of transition as being always the next thing being better. It could be harder. Uh, it, it, but it, it's always there's always good provision along the way. We don't grow without we don't grow without it. Yeah, yeah, I know. So she that's not predict. I'm not you know prophesying here or anything like that. <laughs> My point is God does stretch us at times and grows us and uh, challenges us in new areas. So we're we're excited about that part. So thank you, Pastor. Love you, buddy. Amen. I'm excited that God's expanding the borders of our ministry. Amen. Uh, Pastor Tim is being promoted. After three years of counseling me, he received a PhD. He's past having doubts that he could help anybody. And uh, so uh, working with me for like this for the past three and a half years and that, and just amazing, such a blessing. But the greatest thing about this is they get to expand and go out. They're still a part of our family. We're still having their influence and their help and their support. So, so thankful for that. Amen? So we love that. But it just allows us to expand out. And when you think about it with Sean and Dana being in Loomis, them now traveling out. So God is really giving our church an amazing outreach and expansion for what he's doing here. And we get to be a part of that. Then also, uh, we're now, as we've uh, let you know, we're also giving covering to uh, 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 Pastor Khadijah and uh, Yeshua Askari and uh, a Persian church. So we have a Persian congregation as well in, in uh, Folsom that we uh, give oversight to and help with and support to. So what a cool time, amen? And so through that, God is doing great things. So we're excited for everything going on and all that God is doing. And uh, we're so blessed that each and every one of you are part of it. And Pastor Tim, thank you so much. You've just been a blessing and uh, help in so many areas. And and uh, so many of you, he's helped in this area. But there's, So just wanted you to see it as that way. We're excited because they're still here, but God's launching them. So we get the best of both worlds. Amen? Hallelujah. I said, he goes, well, we're transitioning. I think, well, oh, no, you can't go away. And he goes, well, no, we're not going away. And I said, okay, cool. I like that. Amen. So good stuff. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, this morning, I just want to take a couple minutes and, uh, and just to encourage you, especially in this season, 
and uh, with everything going on. What a crazy day we live in. Amen. And, uh, and everything that's happening around us, and it seems like it's getting crazier by the moment. And so I've been sharing, I shared last week in dealing with the battle, winning the battle against unbelief. I'm just going to tag team a little bit on that. We'll pick up most of this again next week. But I just want to take a few moments this morning and encourage each and every one of us in our faith. In fact, if you have your Bibles, go with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. And uh, I just want to share this thought with you. Um, and as I was just doing my devotions this week and uh, meditating on what direction to take and, and uh, continuing this message, and that I came to uh, reading in Philippians. And as I'm reading in Philippians, and I'm reading a reminder that this is a book that Paul wrote while in prison. And then I begin to think about that, and uh, Paul actually wrote four of his epistles from prison in Rome. And uh, so I started thinking about that and the ministry that comes with that and, and tying into winning the battle against unbelief. And so you see on the cover of your outline, it says, Paul's prison letters, lessons of faith and adversity. I thought, man, what a great way to tie into this. And so faith, and that's something for us to understand, faith is for adversity. Amen? And uh, I know we didn't say our thing, but did you bring your Bibles this morning? Yes. Amen. Say this with me. This is my Bible. I live by its truth. I walk in its light. I rest in its promises. I, powered by its love. I overcome by the faith received produced from receiving this seed sown into my heart. Father, I thank you this morning for your love and your grace. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the life-giving, transforming power of your word in our lives. And we thank you, Father, today we will be enriched and strengthened in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. And so Paul uh, is... Uh, uh, also had the care of the churches, not only his own life, his own walk, but the care of the churches. And in dealing with that, we often think about how faith works in our lives. And so I, I want you to hear this. Paul was always concerned about people's faith. And as your pastor, that's always been my concern. And especially as I listen to people in the conversations that come up today. Uh, and we talked about it yesterday at, at, at uh, the men's breakfast. And, that, uh, and to understand fear and faith operate exactly the same. They're, 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 the, the way they operate is exactly the same. Fear is based on something that you believe. Faith is based upon what you believe. They both speak what they believe. Fear and faith both have a voice. And when you're in fear, you're declaring what you're afraid of. People say, I'm afraid of the dark. I'm afraid of spiders. I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid of that. I'm afraid of mayonnaise, whatever. You know, people have all kinds of fears about everything, and we confess our fears all the time. Then the Bible comes along and tells us to confess our faith, to hold fast to the profession of our faith, to continually be declaring what we believe. It, it, I mean, I understand, and even as I said last week, there was a gentleman who, who brought his son to the Lord, and the Lord said, hey, do you believe that I can do this? said, Lord, I believe to help my unbelief. Too many times we're asking God to help us in our unbelief instead of help us kill our unbelief. 
I don't know about you, I don't want to help my unbelief. I want to crucify my unbelief. I want to put it to death. I want to move past it. Are you doing all right? Amen. So in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, I want to read the first five verses to you. It says, Therefore, when the suspense of separation or yearning for some personal communication from you became intolerable, I'm reading from the Amplified, we consented to being left behind alone at Athens, and we sent Timothy, our brother, and God's servant in spreading the good news the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and establish and to exhort and to comfort and encourage you in your faith. That's always been my, my, my goal as your pastor. You find out I get kind of intense on I want you to be people of faith. I want you to have faith in God. I want you to believe God. Above everything else, believe God. I mean, well, I, yes, there, there's truth, there's reality, there's things we have to deal with and things we have to have trust and confidence in. But above all, believe God in every season, in every situation. That's where Paul was. Verse 3, that no one of you should be disturbed, beguiled, and led astray by these afflictions and difficulties to which I have referred. For you yourselves know that this is unavoidable, unavoidable in our position and must be recognized as our appointed law. Or Paul says problems, controversies, afflictions, trials, tribulations, that, that's part of serving God. Amen. In answering the call of God upon your life. Jesus said it like this in the 16th chapter of the Gospel of John. He says, in the world you will have tribulation. In the world, you have problems. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So our life is hidden in Christ, in God, and we are in the overcomer. Amen? And so that's where we live. Verse 4, even when we were with you, you know we warned you plainly beforehand that we were to be pressed with difficulties, made to suffer affliction, just as our own knowledge, just just as to your knowledge, it has since happened. Verse 5. That is the reason that when I could bear the suspense no longer, I sent that I might learn how you were standing the strain and the endurance of your faith. For I was fearful, listen to this, lest somehow the tempter had tempted you and our toil among you should prove to be fruitless and to no purpose. Or in other words, that when you hear of afflictions, you hear of trials, you hear of tribulation, you, you hear of me as Paul, or we hear of other Christians going through things. Well, I thought they believed God. I thought, I guess faith doesn't work. What is God doing? And you give up on your faith. It, it does shipwreck to your faith. So Paul says, I'm just overly concerned. I couldn't stand it anymore. I had to find out, how is your faith? Are you still standing strong? In spite of everything you hear, do you still have faith in God? Amen. And that's so important that we understand that. Look at the cover of your outline. You see Paul's four letters there from prison were Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. And Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians are some of the deepest revelations of who Jesus Christ is and what it means to live our lives in him and through him. Amen. Just amazing letters to churches. These are four letters written by Paul during the last two years of his life, and he's under house arrest. And while he's under house arrest, he's actually having to provide for his own life, his life. He has to care for himself. He doesn't eat. He, he's not in a paid prison where they're providing you with a bed and, and, and uh, you know, blankets and clothing and food and everything else. He's there. If he has any sustenance to his life at all, it's by what people are bringing to him. He has to provide for his own livelihood while being on house arrest and under Roman guard in that. 
So think about that. So he's there at his own expense in Rome, awaiting his own execution. And while he's there in prison, providing for himself, he's receiving guests. People are coming to him and saying, hey, Paul, could you minister to me? Hello? Could you minister to me? People in his, not people necessarily coming and, and supporting him, but people also coming and placing a demand on him to still keep pouring out his life to them. Isn't it interesting that he wrote to Timothy, he says, I've already lived and my life is being poured out as a drink offering to the Lord. Man, what if we grew up enough to live like that for the Lord? To allow our lives to be poured out for him. And so in Rome, he's receiving gifts, he's ministering to others, and still caring for the churches until the day he was beheaded for the gospel of Christ. So he's there. The end of that two years, the, 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 the Caesar had his head cut off Amen. for being preaching the gospel and appealing to Caesar. Think about it. See, we would all enjoy living in a positive, no-stress environment. Did anybody want to sign up for that? I'm ready for a positive, no-stress environment. Wouldn't that be awesome? Praise the Lord. Amen. That'd be great. But our faith in God is not given to us to produce a utopian life here on earth. Rather, our faith equips us for adversity. To be able to have peace in the midst of the storms of life and to be at rest in unrestful situations. To still function and even flourish in adversity. I want to tell you, every, right now, every Christian, everybody watching on, on the internet, however you're viewing this, all of you here, let me just say this to you. You should be at rest in this season. If I'm not at rest in this season, then somehow the tempter has tempted me. And he's moved me off of my peace. Jesus said like this, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, but I'm giving you a peace that, that abides on the inside of you. Amen? Peace is actually part of the fruit of the Spirit operating in our life along with joy. So we have this indwelling presence and peace of God in our life. Think about this. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, 17, that faith comes from hearing the Word of God. So every time I hear the Word, something happens and it speaks to my spirit and faith comes alive. Meaning, faith meaning I just believe God. I believe it's going to work out. I believe this. I believe that everything about our life, God already knows what's happening. Do you know that he tells us the end from the beginning? He goes to the end and then tell, takes us back to the beginning. He reveals the end and then takes us back to the beginning. That's what we, we read it over a little auto this morning that God already pre-planned your whole life and made the path that you should walk in. Do you know that he knows everything you're ever going to face? God knew you'd be alive during the Rona season. You're the believers, you're, you're the believers that he has here for the Corona invasion. And he was hoping there'd be a few of you that wouldn't freak out and lose your minds. Amen. Let, let me just give you an update, everybody watching. You know what? I believe that, 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 that you know, you, you can get sick. It, 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 it's a virus. It's been introduced into, human, in, into humanity globally. This is a global virus that's been introduced in, into human society. It is not going away. It has now been introduced. It's going to be passed on. So you're going to have to learn how to live with it. It's here to stay. You have to learn how to deal with it. And as we build up more immunity and things, then, then it gets weaker and weaker. 
and how to tax that. So we have to learn how to deal with that. But let me just give you an update. When they're telling you to wear a mask, there's some instructions that comes with wearing a mask. The first instruction is, is that if you can't social distance, if you can't stay a, a safe distance apart from spit, <laughs> then put a mask on. Which right there tells you, you don't need it walking through the parking lot by yourself. I'm seriously going on a man card rejection fight. Every man that I see walking through a parking lot by himself with a mask on in open air, I just want to slap and take away your man card. Especially if you're a Christian. Anyway, moving right along. So faith comes by hearing the word of God. Faith comes from hearing the word of God. And so believing God, God in this. I believe you give me an immune system. I believe that my faith is greater than this. I believe that no deadly thing will harm me. Bless God. I believe that I live in the point zero zero one percent Amen. I'm going to survive. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. That's why I said years ago, people say, what was the coronavirus? I said, what's that? I've had bubonic plague. I have had bubonic. I'm not making a joke. I have had bubonic plague. (laughs) Amen. I survived the black death. That's what Sue said when they said I had it. They go, she goes, isn't that the black death? Amen. I used to be normal before that. Hallelujah. So watch this. So faith comes by hearing the word, but Matthew 7 says this. The word heard and acted upon in our life provides a foundation of faith that cannot be shaken by the storms of life. When I hear the word and act on the word, I have a foundation that cannot be shaken. Listen to me. By the storms of life. Jesus said storms come against your life. He didn't say it would be a life of peace. He didn't say if you had faith, you would never have storm. You would never have adversity. He said if you heard the word and acted on the word, then you would have a foundation that would not be moved by the storms of life. So he said, you're going to endure storm. You're going to have storms. You're going to have winds. You're going to have floods. They're going to beat against your house. They're going to come against you. But faith in God causes you to be strong. When we named our church Solid Rock Faith Center, why do we have that name? Because that's what we want to do. We want your life to be built on the word of God. I want you having a solid rock foundation in your life. Amen. That's what we're after. See, faith considers the storms of life as light affliction that lasts but for a moment, and it keeps our eyes focused on the things that are eternal. Faith keeps your eyes focused on what's everything else is temporal. Everything happening is temporal. The, The word temporal means this, subject to change. Everything is subject to change. Are you doing all right? Look inside your outline. Faith refuses to be moved by the circumstances it sees. Instead, walks by the power of what it knows. Faith walks by the power of what it knows. Amen. I love reading Oswald Chambers and stuff. And and, and he said, I I put it up this morning. I couldn't pass it up. He says, don't think you're, you're, you're too profound. 
Don't go around thinking you're so profound in your depth and your theology. He said, God became a baby. Amen. So he's talking about thinking small and being simple, but always try to be so deep and you just make yourself look foolish. Amen. So watch it. But faith, walking by, but, but, but when you know God, you move into a realm of simplicity and relationship. And so you walk by who you know, not what you see. The one I know gives me assurance against what I'm seeing. Are you doing all right? Amen. And then Ephesians 6 tells us that faith is our shield of defense while we wield the sword of the Spirit. Now think about that. Taking the shield of faith which is able to do what? Quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. What does that mean? Everybody look up here. It means you're under attack. It means that there are darts coming against you. And so I have to be in, in the battle, winning the battle against unbelief means that I have to be engaged. I can't be passive. I can't just sit down. I have to be engaged. And I have to hold up the shield of faith. And while I'm holding the shield of faith, that means I can grab the sword of the Spirit and cut the devil's head off. Amen. Amen. I, I can def- 